turning to the book of John, book of John chapter 13. We are in the last, uh, the last Sunday of a series called Calibrate, and we've been talking for the last few weeks about calibrating our hearts and minds to the Word of God. You know, we started out 2017 uh, having a conversation about setting goals, and uh, you know, I'd mentioned that, that setting goals and making resolutions is a good thing. It's not a bad thing to do that, but how often we make resolutions and then we ne- never actually follow through with them. We don't see any real, real results with those, and I believe a big part of that, you know, as good as it is to set goals and, and make resolutions, a, a big problem with it is it's so often we, uh, we make resolutions without first asking, God, what do you want to do? What are you speaking to me? So, so setting goals and re- resolutions is good, but hearing and obeying the voice of God is infinitely more important. Let me say that again. Hearing and obeying the voice of God is infinitely more important. I mentioned this last Sunday. I said, on my very best days... I come up with bad ideas. On my very best days, I come up with bad ideas. And you're probably in the same boat, right? You've got to mine through a lot of material before you get a nugget. And yet God is saying, I have available to you the wisdom of the ages, and I want to download things into your heart and speak things to your heart, but we have to be calibrated. And so the question really is not, what do I want to achieve this year? What do I want to accomplish? The question really should be, what is God calling me to this year? What is he speaking to me? And in order to find out that out, we have to calibrate our hearts and our minds to identify, hear, and obey the word of God in our lives. I'm easily distracted. Uh, you know, I, I can be, if we, if we go out to dinner and we're sitting in a, in a restaurant that has a TV up on the wall, um, I have to sit so I can't see that TV. It doesn't matter what's on. They could be doing a, an infomercial about sporks, right? The little spoon for it. Like, really, and my eye would just be drawn to it, easily distracted. We have to focus. There's so many distractions in our life. So what, is, what does it mean to calibrate? The definition of the word calibrate is this, to adjust precisely for a particular function, to adjust precisely for a particular function, and, and a musician will calibrate or tune an instrument uh, so that the sound that comes from that instrument sounds good. If you ever watch on a Sunday morning, our musicians, before they play, uh, after practice and before they come up on, uh, you know, at the start of the service, we'll, we'll tune their instruments to make sure that they are working correctly. We use the illustration, the example of pilots and the equipment that they use on an, on an airplane to make sure that you're flying level and straight and calibrating the altimeter to make sure that when the plane lands that the ground is exactly where the ground needs to be because that's important. Um, and so all sound scientific equipment all over the place we see this idea that we need to calibrate. But here's the thing. You always calibrate to something. There's always a standard that you calibrate to. If you're a guitar player, you have a tuner that you calibrate to, and the tuner tells you when you're in tune and when you're out of tune. And it's the same way with us. We calibrate to God. We always calibrate to God. He is the standard. God doesn't calibrate to us. We calibrate to God, he doesn't calibrate to us, which means that there's work for us to do. 
That this is not something that happens passively, but we have to engage and be very intentional about seeking him and waiting on him and adjusting our lives to hear his voice. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. And then in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus says this, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. We calibrate to God. And here's the thing, God has a particular function, a purpose for your life. In the same way that an instrument, whether it's a musical instrument or scientific piece of equipment, has a particular function. God has a particular function for your life. And, and, and in order to see that function and that purpose really lived out well, we have to calibrate. We have to calibrate our lives. Jesus, in fact, says this, I did not speak on my own. But the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. He says that in John 12, 49. I didn't, I didn't just say what I wanted to say. Jesus says that he said only the things that God told him to speak. And I mentioned this, and it's, it's worth saying again. I, my approach, and I believe should be all of our approach, is this. If it was important for Jesus to do it's important for me to do. It's important for you to do. Would you agree with that today? If it's important for Jesus to do, it's probably important for you to do the same thing because his life, again, provides that perfect template for us. We calibrate to that standard. So we talked about, over the three weeks, uh, these past three weeks, we talked about the importance of prayer, worship, and the word, three primary places where we're going to calibrate, where we're going to hear the voice of God in our lives. If you missed any of those Sundays and any of those messages, they're available on uh, the website, thriveglendora.org. You can catch up with those and listen to those. Um, we have had some technical difficulties over the past few weeks, and so they might be a little bit of a delay, but pro- we're, we're working on getting those uh, uploaded so you can uh, listen to those. Let me ask you a question this morning. Who wants their life to be blessed? Any here, anyone here this morning want to be blessed? Okay, just a few of you. Wow. This is not a trick question, because I know you're thinking, like, if I say yes, am I being selfish or greedy? Or... It's not a trick question. Let me, let me ask you again. Who in this room this morning would say, I want my life to be blessed? Any, okay, good. That's better. It's good. Coffee's kicking in. Um, see, now, now, I'm not promoting and I'm not switching to or going to start jumping into a, preaching a prosperity gospel that just says God just wants you to, to, you know, to drive a Porsche and, you know, I, no. Now, if you drive a Porsche, that's awesome, but th- this is, you know, right, this, you're, this is not Oprah where we're just going to give cars away. That's not how God functions. This is not about prosperity, but, but blessing comes in many forms. It's an honest question, uh, an honest question to ask. Do I want my life to be blessed? I do. I want my life to be blessed. I, I want my marriage to be blessed. I want my uh, children and my family to be blessed. I want my home to be blessed. I want our church to be blessed. I want my finances to experiencing, experience the blessing of God. You get the idea. Every part of life. Every part of life would say, yes, Lord, bless that part 
of my life. There is this man in the Old Testament, his name was Jabez. You might have heard of a book that was written a number of years ago, The Prayer of Jabez. It was amazing to me that there is literally there's like three verses written about this man in scripture and someone wrote an entire book about it. And I was like, that's but it was a great book. This is what Jabez says in First Chronicles chapter four, verse nine and ten. It says this Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now listen, I don't know if you know what your name means. Um, Megan and I, we, we pay attention to that. She really is into names and their meanings and kind of check. But how, how about going through life knowing that your name basically means I caused my mom a lot of pain when I was born, right? Every day, every time she says your name, you're reminded, yeah, you're the painful one. Right, So this, this is Jabez, the way that uh, he was born into this world. In verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain, which was a theme in his life. And listen to this. And God granted his request. And that's it. That's all we know. Doesn't tell us how. He just says that God, Jabez says, Lord, I want your hand to be with me. Enlarge my territory. Bless me. I want to be free from pain. God heard his prayer and answered his prayer. That's pretty awesome. We can pray the same prayer. How often do we come to the Lord and say, Lord, that you would bless me? But here's the thing, church. This is not a vending machine kind of blessing a drive-through kind of blessing. See, the Bible talks about blessing a lot, all the way from, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. The, the theme of blessing is seen throughout Scripture. And, and, and here's what I know. As you read your Bible, as I read my Bible, God does want to bless you. But, but, there's a part that you play. And that's what I want to talk about this morning John chapter 13, verse 12 through 17 is where we're going to launch off today. The title for this morning is simply this, Knowing and Doing. Knowing and Doing. See, we've talked about prayer, we've talked about worship, we've talked about the Word of God, we've talked about how these function, like, like for a pilot as the instrument panel on his, on his uh, you know, in the cockpit there, and, and the pilot will be watching to make sure that all of these are working. I mentioned last week that, you know, there's some people who are like the, well, I'm a, I'm a prayer warrior, I'm a prayer person, if, you're, if it's all about the prayer, right? And then you get the person who's like, no, I'm, I'm a worshiper, right? True worshipers worship God in spirit and truth. Yeah, I lift, I'm a prayer person. And then you get the, the, the other person, right, who's the word person. It's all about the word, brother. It's all about the word. Now, it's all about all of them, right? There's not a single pilot who's alive who, who just uses one of the, I'm an, altim, I'm an altimeter pilot. That's, I, I just fly by the altimeter. And another one's like, oh, it's just the heading. No, all of those work together, to get you to where you need to be. John 13, 12 through 17, speaking of Jesus, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord. 
and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If you do them. This, this moment for the disciples uh, was a little uncomfortable because they were following Jesus. He was their Lord. He was their teacher. He was their master. And, and to be in this place where he is washing their feet. In fact, we, we know Peter speaks up at one point and says, no way, you are not washing my feet. And then Jesus says, Peter, if, if you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part of me. And then Peter, right, swings to the other extreme and goes, well, then not just my feet, every part of me. I want everything. Jesus wants to make sure they understand what he's doing here. He's making sure that they catch the heart behind his action. Why? Why is he doing this? Why is he washing their feet? Here's why. He's setting for them an example. In fact, in verse 15, I have set for you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Calibrate to me. Calibrate to me. Now, listen, I grew up in a church where they like to wash feet. And I just was weird out, weirded out by it, right? It was normal for them because they washed, you go into a house, you wore sandals, you walked everywhere, your feet was dirty, and, and, and then, you know, they would wash the feet. It's what, what they did. They were culturally, they were sent, you know, okay with that. If, you're, if you love that, you know, that's that, that, that act of washing someone's feet, that, that's great. For me, I'm like, no, no. I, I don't think Jesus is literally saying, hey, go wash people's feet. What he's saying is, understand that, that I am willing as your Lord, as your teacher, as your master to humble myself and serve you. And so don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, as Paul says, but humble yourself to be like Jesus. So we calibrate to him, and it's not this lofty thing. Hey, I need more people to see me and more people to notice me. No, no, I just need to serve more. I need to give my life like Jesus gave his life. See, he sets the standard as a servant. And he says that no servant is greater than the master. So he's saying, I'm, I'm your master and I'm serving you. Do the same thing as what I'm doing. And here's the thing, church. You can't say, I love Jesus and not follow his example. It's not possible. You can't get away with not following his example. Because if, if you feel like you're getting away with it, you're not following Jesus. It's something altogether different. And then he says, now that you know. This, this is one of my least favorite, favorite passages in scripture. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them, if you do them. And Jesus 
here gives us, if there were a secret formula to being blessed, if there was a, a, a way that we could say, well, what's the key to being blessed? being blessed? It's this right here. If you know the things that Jesus has spoken and you do them, you will be blessed. We were down at the port of Long, Long Beach or port of Los Angeles this, this week, and I was watching a container ship get loaded. And uh, it was amazing to watch those cranes are just massive. And, you know, they're picking up 40-foot shipping containers and, you know, kind of flinging them back and forth and lay, setting them exactly where they need to, to be. And, um, you know, this massive cargo ship is being unloaded. And they worked all through the night loading and unloading this ship. And it was interesting to watch that they didn't just start at one end and just unload everything and then start at the other end and then reload. There was a real system to this as they loaded the containers and, and there was a balance and, you know, uh, you know they, they weigh every container and then I'm sure they have computers that tell them exactly where these containers need to go on the ship. And as, the, as they're taking containers off, there's ballast pumps that are pumping water into the ship and then as they add more containers, they're pumping water out so that the ship stays stable and level in the water. I started thinking about how we live our lives, and how sometimes we pile things on in one area and we get really imbalanced. We get in a season where it's just work, 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 and all I'm doing is focusing on work. And then there's maybe other seasons where it's something else, or man, I just need to relax now. And, and we swing from these extremes, and it's like the, shop, the, the ship that's just been you know, imbalanced, and it's, you know, it's tipping over this way and that way and kind of freaking people out, maybe freaking you out a little bit. But I believe when it comes to knowing and doing the will of God and the word of God, we have to have a balanced approach. And let me show you what I'm talking about. This is something I actually learned from uh, Pastor Wayne Cadero, uh, a kind of a visual depiction of this. If we were to put up on the screen, on the left side it says, it'll say knowing, and on the right, it says doing. So Jesus says, if you know these things that I've taught you, you will be blessed if you do them, all right? So, so you come to your faith in Jesus. Let's say you say yes to him for the very, very first time. And for the first time, you hear about this man named Jesus who loves you, who died on the cross for you, who has offered you salvation and new life, and that he loves you. And that's, and that's all you know. And maybe someone connects with you or prays with you and says, listen, now that you've said yes to Jesus, here's a couple of next steps. Here's what you would hear at this church. Start reading your Bible. Start praying. What is prayer? Just talk to God. Just talk to God like you're talking to me. It might feel weird at first, but just, just talk to God and, and you'll learn to, to hear his voice. Uh, and, and just pray. Uh, and, and start attending church, and then there'll be things like water baptism. And, and so let's say you're, you're just the way we'd say a baby Christian, and that's what you know. So you know that, so you do it. You're knowing and you're doing, in that, in that analogy right there, what percentage of what you know are you doing? 100%. Which, which Jesus says, if you know these things that I've taught you and you do them, you'll be blessed. So I, I translate it this way. You're being blessed 100% because you're just doing everything you know to do. Now, it's not a lot, right? And, and, and you might recognize, oh, I've got a long way to go. Or maybe someone way more righteous than you comes and says, now listen, now that you're a Christian, 
all of that lifestyle. Anyway, just have patience and let people grow in their relationship with the Lord. You're being blessed 100%. And I see this over and over where young believers are experiencing the blessing of God in their lives because they're just simply doing the very basic things that they know to do. 100% blessing. But here's what ends up happening in our lives. We add to that knowledge. Now I'm starting to maybe go to a new believers class or I go to a Thrive group or I take a, a, you know, one of our faith or, or life classes and, and I'm starting to add to my knowledge. I'm reading the Bible more regularly and, and so I know more and, and so I do more. And we're still at 100%. But what ends up happening in so many believers' lives and I've experienced is this. At a certain point, your knowledge starts shooting up, right? And now I know more. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe teaching a Sunday school class or I'm, you know, attending, you know, reading a different book or, I, I don't know, listening to podcasts. There's that preacher. And my knowledge starts increasing, but my doing doesn't. In relation to what I know and I do, what percentage are we, are we at? Right, about 30, 30%, 33%. If Jesus says, if you know these things and you do them, you'll be blessed, and I know that much, but I'm doing that much, how much am I going to be blessed? Right? Now, you'll be like, well, Pastor Barry, that's, you know, that's kind of legalistic, or, you know, you're, you're drawing some hard lines. No, I, I don't think so. Now, it's going to look different in your life and in my life because God knows you better than you know you, Right? But the goal here is that as we add to the knowing, we can move to that next slide, that our doing would increase. See, and then, and, and Micah, we can just jump all the way to the end, right? So back up one. I ended up graduating from Bible college. I knew how to exegete scripture and do word studies in the Greek. And the more I knew, the less I did. And the more I knew, I told other people what they should be doing. There's a word for that, right? Hypocrite. And when you see Jesus addressing the Pharisees in the temple, this is what he's talking about. You know better. And you even place heavy burdens on the people, but you don't do it yourself. And he says says things like this, whatever you have is going to be taken away from you. The rich man dropping his tithe and his offering in the the offering plate so everyone can see, and the poor widow coming with her might. And Jesus saying, she's the one who's worshiping God because she's doing what she knows to do. Her knowing and her doing match. Maybe you could say this. It's hard. But Pastor Barry, it's hard. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But I would not be a good pastor if I didn't stand here and say, you can't add to your knowledge without adding to your doing, to your action, because one day you will give an account. See, it's not just about being blessed now. One day you will stand before God and he's going to say, what did you know? And did your actions line up with your knowledge, you will give an account of your life. 
So really the question is this, God, what are you speaking? God, what are you speaking? God, what are you saying to me as I'm in the word, as I'm in prayer, as I'm worshiping, as I go to church, as I listen to podcasts and take classes? Because all of those things are good. In the midst of it, God, what are you speaking? And, and, and then when he speaks to you, you ready for this? Do that. Whatever he speaks to you, just do that. Well, pastor, I need to go on a spiritual retreat. No, you don't. Don't go on a spiritual retreat so you can hear God more and do less. Just simply put the next, your foot, the one foot in front of the other. Take the next step and do the next thing that God's calling you to do. That's calibrating. See, because that's imbalanced. That's not a calibrated life. People will come to me and say, Pastor, I need to talk to you about my marriage, about my finances, or about this or that. Okay, well, look, tell me about how much time you're spending in the Word. Well, not really. I'm not really reading the Bible. Listen, I don't have anything to give you that the Word of God won't give you. Now, I want to come alongside you and help you, but if you're not in the Word, if you're not listening to the voice of God yourself, you're going to be completely lost, and I can't help you with that because I'm not the light to your feet and a lamp unto your path. He is. He is. Barry, this is kind of a heavy message to start off the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's your relationship with Jesus. Which means you have to take responsibility for it. You have to calibrate your own life and say, Lord, how do I increase? We can go to that next slide. So that my knowing and my doing match. Are you always going to get it right? No. But God's grace is sufficient for you. He knows that you're powerless. He knows that you're weak. Listen to what Peter Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1. He says this, His divine power has given us everything. Say everything. Everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, listen to this, make every effort, effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Did you catch that? He used the word everything. You have at your disposal, to your access, everything you need for faith and life and godliness. And he says, you need to add on top of the other. Keep adding to these things. Pursue these things. Like Solomon prayed, God, give me wisdom. 
and understanding, but then the wisdom and understanding led to action, and God blessed him. James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, do not merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourselves. You know what's scary about that verse right there? I know a lot of Christians who go to church and listen to the word of God, and that's all they ever do. People who would say, I go to church every Sunday, and God would say, you're deceiving yourself. Don't deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I love that, that, that this isn't one verse in Scripture, right? That this is peppered all throughout Scripture. The Old Testament, when the Israelites are coming out of Egypt, God says, Here, here's the law. If you do this, you'll be blessed. If you don't, well, you're kind of on your own. Barry's paraphrase. If you do it, you will be blessed. Matthew 7, 24, Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It's a perfect picture for today. The rains came down. We know that along this burn area, all the warnings, there's, there's evacuations going on. Why? Because... The foundation has been exposed and that, that, that soil is unstable. God uses, Jesus uses two very strong words. He says the wise person, the wise person, the diligent person does what he says. But the fool, the fool is the one who ignores his words. I want to ask you this morning, where do you stand? Are you a knower or a doer? Knowing is great, but it's only great when it actually translates into action in our lives. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. I want to actually create space in our service for you to respond See, because I know how I need to respond to this message. But I can't tell you how you need to respond because you need to calibrate to the Lord yourself. And I want to give you a place to do that. Some of the men are going to come and pass out this card. Uh, we can do that right now. We started off this series with a little quarter sheet card that just said calibrate. And I asked the question, you know, what's God speaking to you for 2017? I want you to take this 
this morning, and we're going to have some music playing. We're going to take probably about eight to ten minutes. And you might feel uncomfortable, and you might feel like, well, are we done? Should I leave? Don't leave, because we're going to pray over these cards, and we're going to finish our service with worship this morning. Sometimes we need to be still, and what does the Bible say? That you will know that I am God. So be okay with the quiet. We'll have some background music going. Um, but I asked three questions. What do you know that you need to do? What is it that God has spoken to you that you know God spoke to you, but you've not done? What is it that you know that's not actually translated into action in your life? And you would say this morning, I, I need to do that. I need to, I need to make some st- take some steps and start moving in the right direction. And this, this might not be easy. This might shed some light in your own life in some areas you're like, I don't really want to look at that. But I believe God wants to shine that light brightly right into your heart. Say, let me help you calibrate to where you need to be. Next question would be this. Where or for what do you need to ask for wisdom and understanding? Because you don't know all the answers. You just don't. And there are places in your life where you need to cry out to God and say, God, I need wisdom in this. Be as specific as you want. We're not turning these in. Please don't turn these in. Don't drop them in the offering plate. This is for you. In fact, what I want to encourage you to do is write on this and then stick it in your Bible or put it in a place where you can refer back to it over this year uh, over and over again so you can calibrate. And then, and then answer this question, what are your next steps for 2017 as you would consider what God is speaking to you for this year? Maybe you've taken time even over this last week to be in the word and be in prayer. Maybe that's a, a part that you just maybe need to leave blank a little bit this morning and wait, wait till later in the week and say, I, I need to spend some time asking from the Lord. So what do you know that you need to do? Where and for what do you need to ask for wisdom and understanding what are the next steps for 2017? Before I release you to do that, I want to ask this question. Is there anyone here this morning, as I've been speaking and sharing about God's plans and God's desire to, to bless you and direct you, and you'd say, Barry, that sounds good, but I don't know Jesus. I've never made that commitment. I want, to, I want to make sure to give place this morning to give you an opportunity to respond. And here's what I'm going to do. It's in order to not embarrass you or single you out, um, I'm going to ask that everyone would bow their heads and just close their eyes. I'm going to ask this. If that's you, if you would want to say yes to Jesus, you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, you've never made him the Lord of your life, and you'd like to do that today, um, between the, the Lord and you and me, because I'd like to agree with you, uh, here's what I want you to do. Without anyone looking around, would you just raise your hand up? Would you just slip it up into the air? Be bold. Be bold with that. Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else say yes to the Lord this morning? You want to you wanna calibrate. This is the first step of calibration, by the way, is receiving the free gift of life and salvation that comes through Jesus Christ and through him alone. Anyone else today? Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I commit to follow you for the rest of my days. 
I repent of my sin and turn to walk in a different way. I pray that you would give me everything I need to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's take a few minutes. There's pens in the seat back pockets. Um, I'm gonna ask this just out of sensitivity to those around you. Don't, don't start a conversation. Um, let's respect people's time. I believe the Lord wants to speak some things, some profound things to your hearts this morning. And so um, you'll know when we're done because Pastor Tom is gonna come up and, and close the time. But we'll take, take about eight minutes or so uh, and, then, uh, and then come back together.